Welcome to the Behind the Lids podcast. My name is Mandy Adams, and I have the privilege of leading the Behind the Lids Healing Collective here in Costa Mesa, California. Our podcast is an opportunity to share the wisdom of facilitators who hold space and bring healing at our studio, as well as experts and influencers we believe you should know about. Before we join our conversation for today, we'd love for you to hear about an upcoming event at Behind the Lids. We have some exciting news to share with you. Behind the Lids is now offering online classes, and we just announced the first four taught by Mana Dabokar, psychic medium, life coach, and former therapist. If you're curious about communicating with animals, discovering and developing your eight clairs, your intuitive senses, overcoming self-doubt and unleashing inner confidence, or learning how to interpret your dreams, head on over to behindthelids.com online. That's behindthelids.com slash online and learn more about our new online classes. Welcome to the Behind the Lids podcast. I'm your host, David Trotter, and our guest today is none other than Zaire Black, who leads Connect to the Cosmos through breathwork at Behind the Lids in Costa Mesa. As a graduate of David Elliott's healer training, Zaire has been able to create a unique ceremonial breathwork style that allows people to feel energized, motivated, and light as they release limiting beliefs and inner blocks. In this episode, Zaire talks all about his vast spiritual journey through multiple seasons of life, how breathwork came into his life through the influence of Corey Miller and Frankie Salazar at Behind the Lids, and his own wisdom on how to navigate a new spiritual path of your own. Now, as Zaire shares about his spiritual journey today, I encourage you to reflect on your own spiritual path, about how different experiences and people have shaped your life, and how you may want to become even more intentional about your spirituality in this season of your life. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Zaire Black. Well, Zaire, thank you so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Hey, all right, man. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So talk to me about your upbringing and your background a bit in terms of when did you become interested in spirituality and then ultimately breath work and all of the things that you're involved in? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Man, that's a a, a broad question. I know. You know? I want to hear. I want to hear. <laughs> I love it, man. I love how you just drop right into the tough question, um, which is good. It's very good. Um, you know, my background, um, I was raised Christian here in Southern California. I was born in Long Beach, but my mom mostly lived in Orange. You know, it's typical Southern California Christian, maybe even American. At some point, uh, it, it became difficult because, you know, I was getting in trouble or whatever. And um, just not, it, it became mundane, typical kid stuff about about growing up in that environment. And then other times in my life, I was all in, you know, as a teenager, I'm like, I'm gonna be hardcore Christian. You know, we, we go through that stuff. Um, I think another interesting thing for me as a young kid, I watched the movie Gandhi for whatever reason, I would always just, I just gravitated to that idea, you know, this, this, this uh, spiritual path. Some interesting things about me is I grew up what I would say in a dysfunctional household. Um, my dad, my birth father left when I was like three years old. So I was, um, uh, raising a single parent household until um, about eight years old. My mom met my, uh, at that time, stepfather. Uh, they had my little brother. So I have a half brother. And um, he was in and out of a uh, uh, penitentiary. He was in and out of prison. Um, and so I grew up in a real uh, complicated environment in the uh, city of Orange. Um, 
lot of um, dysfunctional stuff. We'll just kind of like blanket it at that, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think really made me tough. You know, it made me deal with adversity in an interesting way. Obviously, I had to um, grow up with emotions of um, watching other kids have functional families, uh, you know, whole families or whatever, and perceive that, you know, you go to you go to your friend's house for a sleepover, uh, you go to a house party or you, you go to a, a retreat or whatever, and you see all these functional roles and that people play in their in their father son relationship. And I didn't have that too much. You know, I didn't have the ideal situation which helped shape me a little bit, made me a little tough around the edges. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, at some point I got interested in Gandhi a little bit. I think then as a, a high school teenager, I was getting in some fights and um, this group of dudes, I was in a lot of trouble, man. I was going down a, a bad road. I'll never forget it. These girls were walking me home. They're a little bit older than me and they and they liked my mom. And they're like, hey, we'll look after Zaire because I had just gotten into a couple fights and like I got had suspended from school. And one of the girl's boyfriend was mixed like me. He was half black and half white. And he kind of like took Jimmy. This He was a big, strong dude. He was, you know, he was a high school guy or whatever. He's dating a high school girl. He might've been a little older. And Jimmy took me under his wing and like said, hey, you're going to be my little brother. And uh, Jimmy took me over to these Puerto Rican brothers' house. There was a Cambodian guy there. There was a couple white dudes. Um, it was an international scene uh, in Santa Ana. And um, they were all into Bob Marley and, um, and reggae, you know, especially my boy, Renee. He was a dreadlock cat. And they sat me down. Renee gave me this youngster book on Haile Selassie. And um, so I was already Christian, loved Jesus and the ideas of the, the Christian faith. And then I learned about like this African perspective, Ethiopian um, Orthodox perspective of Christianity and Bob Marley. Uh, one love, one heart, let's get together and feel all right. And then he, um, so much magic in his music. I think anybody who gets introduced to Bob as a teenager, kind of understands a new perspective on Christianity and spirituality, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, that was like a a, a phase of my life that opened me up and it made me kind of contemplate um, diversity, race, uh, all these things. And like, you know, you learn about different cultures and different people um, are accepting and then some are um, rigid about these concepts, you know, and I started learning that. Um, and it, and it clicked for me a certain thing of like, okay, these people are cool. These people aren't. And like, okay, I need to start figuring out where I fit in, in that matrix. Right. Mm. Um, still going to church with my grandmother and my mom and, and really like starting to really connect with these guys, grew some dreadlocks at that time in my life and really went hard on what we call Nyambingi. Um, and, and then learned about the 12 tribes of Israel. I was always a spiritual kid around rough kids. I would gravitate towards really really aggressive guys for whatever reason. That's just how, like, I think it had to do with like not having my dad in my life and and Mm -hmm. identifying with certain male energy, but in the group of friends that I really got close with that were, that were not in that reggae circle that I really embraced. um, uh, I was around some tough guys and we would, we would just go to like house parties and my, my friends, they like to like, you know, throw down. They like to get in the, and I was always like the um, spiritual guy in that circle. I'd always mm-hmm. be like, no, don't do that. I, I, I felt like they would look to me for like just a positive, positive part of what, of our circle. Right. Mm-hmm. So I noticed I was just super positive as a teenager. And I think it had to do with the reggae of Bob Marley and other artists. You know what I mean? I started listening to these concepts and I really believed it in my heart. There was a situation with a friend of mine and violence and police were involved and we had a court case or whatever. And I was the uh, luckily the other side 
had said I was the peacemaker, right? They, they saw that with my circle of bros who were aggressive, I was trying to squash things and I was trying mm-hmm. to be positive. Um, so I think that's a part of just a natural part of my uh, progression. You know, kudos to some of my elementary school teachers who always played hippie music. They would sit us out in the grass growing up in Orange and they would play all the um, Bob Dylan songs and, you know, um, Janis Joplin and all these songs that were like hippie 60s vibes that were mm-hmm. about love, you know, mm-hmm. and like take care of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Beatles songs, you know what I mean? Like, so I was influenced by a lot of that. Fast forward, um, I, I marry an Indian woman from South Asia. She's uh, Rajasthani Punjabi. Um, and uh, she gets me into yoga and and the eight limbs of yoga, meditation, uh, the asana, physical practice of yoga. Um, and I, I resisted it at first. I'm going to be transparent with you. It wasn't like I was like, oh, this is the best stuff. And I'm going to be a, a amazing yogi. Like yeah, at first yeah. I was like, I was like, this is bullshit. You know, and like, um, this is weird. And I, 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 now I go, dang, she was putting me on at a young age, you know? Um, and I wish I would have dove in a little deeper, but anyways, it was the foundations were there. We were having pujas in our home. I was going to temple, um, learning mantras, listening to, um, you know, beautiful Indian music, um, fast forward a little more. So it's like this cool progression, Christian, Rastafari, reggae culture, Vedic wisdom, all of these parts, they're working for me. Sure. You know, they're, they're part of my life. And um, at some point I get to go to Asia and I go on a music tour with a good friend of mine who's, who's amazing. And, and like, we have this explosive spiritual growth by going to Thailand and Taiwan on an amazing tour. One of the best tours of my life musically. We, we, we did some shows and, uh, and it was just, it was a lot for me. Um, for whatever reason, I come back and I decide to get serious about becoming a school teacher. Um, and I slow down on the musical side of myself. Um, and I create a family. I try to get real serious, um, monogamous household, the, the, the picket fence, the, the dog and the, and the 2.5 kids or whatever. But that relationship doesn't work out, right? Like a large percentage of us. Um, I go through like a divorce, but just before my divorce, I had a rebirth of music Mm -hmm. Uh, and I connected with my friend who was a producer and he was deep in the bhakti culture. Um, And I'm not sure if you know what bhakti is, but um, there's a festival that's really famous. They had about a decade run up to like 2017, um, maybe bigger more. And it was in Joshua Tree and I spent probably eight years of my life going to that festival and then connecting to that community here in Southern California. And it had a huge impact on my life. Um, and in that environment, you've got some heavy hitters. You've got Radha Swami, You've got Krishna Das. You've got um, Dharma Mitra. You've got Ama. You've got, I mean, just uh, epic music from Jai Utal, um, international artists. I'm, I'm, I'm not naming them all, but you've got yoga. You've got Kirtan. Um, you've got uh, the the essence of Ishkan, uh, which is like there's temples of Ishkan temples here in Culver City and Laguna. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kicked it with Krishna devotees. So I had a spiritual explosion in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. Um, and that was, you know, that was a progression of what I was going through in my life. But I was always on the musical side. Right. Um, so, yeah, just real quick. That's a fast synopsis of my journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as as a as a young kid growing up in Southern California, biracial, um, growing up in a single parent household for the most part, with a dysfunctional 
somewhat interesting father figure who's had a lot of challenges. Um, and that's just a rapid way it all came to came to where I am. Um, that that but that that part of my life from 20, 2002 to like 2017 was music, family, and then bam, this beautiful thing of bhakti culture um, for uh, bhakti fest and shakti fest, these festivals that would happen on Jastri. And then that that umbrellaed into other aspects of my life. Relationships I made with beautiful people in like um, a spiritual hip hop culture. So that was a huge part of my life. Um, it really helped me out. It's helped me out so much. Um, I really lean in on chanting mantra and and connecting to um, affirmations and uh, just so much going on here, you know, with that. Yeah, yeah. You've mm -hmm. had such a, my goodness, what a wide uh, array of spiritual experiences you've had that have brought all these different streams into your life to make you who you are in this moment. So beautiful. Um, at what point did breathwork become kind of part of a modality that you used personally and then began to, you know, work with other people? I want to say, so the breathwork that I facilitate this, this, uh, this path, uh, came into my life in about 2000, late 2018, early 2019. So it's, it's been recent. Um, and obviously right before a huge world shift right. in, that was 2020 and all the things that participate in that, in that amazing world epic energy shift. I've meditated all my life, right? Uh, some form of, of meditation um, really was influenced by the book Siddhartha that's about Buddha, you know, um, and I just always loved him under the Buddha tree. And even that uh, film with um, Keanu Reeves playing Siddhartha and he has to go up against Mara. And um, I just, I really resonated with that, but that was pre-breathwork. And, you know, what was amazing for me is that all these different things. I went. I've done Kundalini practices. I've, I've done so much different ways to meditate. Um, uh, shout out Deepak Chopra and a lot of the ways he does his mantra and meditations. And the one, the series he did with Oprah was was. I was into that. You know, I went to those twenty one days. I did a couple of those a lot. But for whatever reason, when breathwork came to me in twenty nineteen, I was with BTL community. Um, shout out Corey and Frankie. Um, I, we were at a BTL retreat up in J Tree. Shout out Sean with the Joshua Treehouse. Oh my God. And I know he sold it off to some people, but that space will always be an amazing breakthrough for me. Um, it's it's shaped my life right now. And I'm, I'm so blessed of, of what, I've, what I am as a facilitator comes from this culture. I think that's why I have so much love and um, reverence for behind the lids. I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard behind the litter. Ah, I just made that term up. <laughs> behind the litter. We got to go with that. Um, but 2019, um, I laid down as a participant and, um, they were there, Billy cosmic, um, Billy's shout out, Billy, Billy, Corey and Frankie, and a couple other beautiful souls. Uh, I told them, I'm all, you guys, I want to facilitate breath work. And, um, they sat with me for a while. They're like, yeah, man, for sure. And, you know, I had a relationship with BTL as a musician. I was doing events already from my musical passion. Mm -hmm. um, Big up Evelyn and Drew, which they have the lighthouse over uh, down by Mandy's over there. in uh, what is it? Uh, is that Newport? Newport uh, Babo, Fashion Babo Island. Island. Babo Babo Island. Island. Uh -huh. Thank you, bro. Um, because Evelyn introduced me to Behind the Lids. She brought me to a ceremony at the old location, and it's it's been it's been um, a, a level up game changer ever since for me. Um, so. I laid down with them. 
out in Joshua Tree, and they all tell me, go study with David Elliott. And luckily, 2020 pops off. Uh, they're just dishing out unemployment left and right. They're like, here, take all this money and just right, stay home. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm one of those ones who's like, I'm in, you know? Um, and I had the money. And um, actually, it was funny because it was right before. Actually, let me fast. Let me back up a little bit. I decided to do the training just before COVID. I tried okay. I, I, before the lockdown. Um, I did it in January and things went where they did late February. So I had just done a David Elliott training right before. And um, I became aware in 2020 of being more connected to nature. I went through a lot of things with George Floyd and the protest here and all mm. over, you know, a, a lot of um, reliving trauma. I relived trauma and I would get, I would get overwhelmed and I would want to be, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm going to do that. And I started realizing I'm being pulled into a lot of different energy. Um, and so I, I backtracked and I said, you know, the two things that I really want to hone in, in, in moving forward after going through this, like reliving trauma and, and um, processing what the hell was going on in my life was I want to be more about love. I want to stay in the love energy, any capacity, uh, anybody who's rocking love, I'm there for it. And the second thing was super connected to nature. And so breath work was a tool. Um, at that time, we were outside a lot, you know, and I want to shout out a couple communities. Um, BTL during the lockdown was still, you know, I can talk about this now. They were operating and it was it was like they weren't even really talking about masks. It was one environment where the rest of people were very serious. And for all their reasons, for all their mm -hmm. justifiable personal choices. Sure. It was an environment that was not embracing that. They were just slow and steady, just like it was 2014. It was another day. And I could go there and I could not. And for me, that's just an energy that I resonated with. Not everybody resonated with that, but I needed that because I'm a very rebellious spirit. And so I could go to BTL and there'd be like-minded people who were just weren't embracing this. You need to vaccinate. You need to wear a mask. Like they were just doing whatever. It was, a, it was another day, another week. And we, and I needed that. And then another environment for me was community healing. Some beautiful friends, uh, Matt and Layla, who are now my, uh, my housemates, um, that was another environment that was not embracing the lockdown rules and you needed to do this and you have to do that. And I really leaned in in those spaces because I'm a rebellious spirit and I, that's just who I was, you know, not everybody mm -hmm. went there, you know, again, mm -hmm. but I did. Mm -hmm. um, so once you got that training from David Elliott and you were with Corey and Frankie, uh, who are part of the, uh, behind the lids at the time, um, what did you begin to feel called to in terms of serving others, because you've talked a lot about your own spiritual path, the things that you, you know have transformed you. How did that somehow propel you to then begin to want to hold space and serve other people? Mm, thank you so much for um, the uh, pivot. Um, I've always been um, about uplifting society. Um, I get that from that Bob message, um, mm -hmm. you know, his life about caring and trying to unite the people. Um, that's just something that's in my heart is uh, I'm a, I'm a connector. I'm a uniter. I'm a, I'm a love the people like let's work together, you know? Um, so it's a natural thing for me is always about, uh, about organizing. And so for me, I, um, I remember when I laid down that first time, I, I hit those guys up. I want to facilitate. And um, that's what happened. They said, we'll go with David. And then Frankie saw something in me um, and he allowed me, I think he needed some support. He had big groups and um, he said, hey, do you want to like 
host host facilitate with me. And that was an honor. You know, I don't think he would let anybody do that, but um, he allowed me to sit with him um, and and co-facilitate at Behind the Lits. Um, And I, um, I always had in me to unite the tribe and it was an evolution for me. The musical Zaire, I was getting older and I I wasn't pursuing like trying to be uh, gigging a lot, you know, as, as they say in the music world. So it made sense for me because it involved music. It involved kind of organizing, it involved using my voice, these tools I had. Um, and so, and I just love the energy of facilitating a, a session, you know? And so I've co-facilitated with him for about four months or so, like a majority of them. And at some point he said, Hey, you know, I've got things going on. Will you fill in for me? And I remember I was kind of terrified. He's like, yeah, just do it by yourself. And I was really nervous. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, I got to do this. And I did it a couple times. And then we, we facilitated together. And at some point he brought in Sean. Shout out Sean. Uh, is it Forrester? Forrester. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say Foster. I always want to say Foster, but it's Forrester. So Sean and I both were kind of like his, um, if you will, disciples. Um, and we both took over uh, sharing, you know, uh, I think we... We traded off Monday nights or something. And then at some point he, um, I was feeling passionate about doing this in other spaces because I was doing it. I was doing it there by myself and it was cool. And I remember I asked him to come and do something with me in Long Beach. And he's like, you know, you should just do it by yourself. And um, so I was like, okay, I got to do something on my own. I did it a few times. I did some things out at uh, Lagoon, Colorado Lagoon. It's a, it's a beautiful spot here in Long Beach. And then I brought in a couple of my Long Beach community friends. I brought in uh, Dharma Shakti. She's uh, one of the major teachers here in the city. And then her good friend and my good friend, um, Ed Williams. He goes by Yoga of Devotion. And we all, they did the sound bath. And I did the breath work out at Colorado Lagoon. And that was kind of like the first things where I took my own path, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and then things, I, I, things kind of exploded for me. That was a very spiritual, almost church-like experience I was having. Lots of people were coming out there, like 40, 60 people for breath work and sound bath mm-hmm. out at the lagoon for sunset, most of it, you know, during the summer and whatnot. And it was very successful in the community. Um, and I remember thinking, like, this is like a, a come to the river, like religious experience that mm-hmm. was uh, occurring, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, it's been a three-year journey where I've, I've like been creative and been blessed to be in a lot of spaces and people receive me well. And, I'm, you know, at some point last year, uh, a little bit over a year ago, when Mandy took over behind the lids, she needed somebody for Monday nights. And I was able to circle back, you know, because I had walked, I'd stepped away from that. And I circled back um, into doing that again, you know, holding space at BTL on Mondays. And... Um, Tell me this, Sayer. If somebody's never been to your class on Mondays, um, connect to the cosmos through breathwork is what we call that. Correct? Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Monday night, seven thirty. How would you describe that experience if someone has never been to that, or or even maybe even done not done breathwork before? Um, they walk in. What do they experience? Oh, you know. Um, I always want people to, first of all, feel safe and invited. What I like from a lot of people's reflection is that I make them feel comfortable, especially if it's a first time breather. Like I like to throw a joke or two out there. I think I have a, a very lighthearted way of approaching ceremony. Um, and I've learned from, from facilitators who come off a little distant that that's not my nature. I like mm-hmm. to be more approachable, connecting. And I think those are two elements that people feel invited, welcome, safe 
comfortable and that I try to really connect with the community. Those are the beginning, like, you know, bricks of building this. Um, and then the other thing too, is I really also try to make it where um, you feel like you're in a special experience um, that um, encompasses whatever you're coming for, um, you're going to receive, you know? So for me, those are some foundational aspects. And then it's a ceremony. It's not like, um, it's not just, uh, not just uh, a class that you show nah, up to. No, nah, there's going to, it's a full engaging and it's sensory. It's multi-sensory experience. You know, the aroma of the sage and smudge, um, the essential oils, um, the sound tools. I use a variety of tools and then I'm really, um, about audio. You know, um, I love the sound, uh, playlist. Um, the playlist is, is, uh, it, it, there's a functionality to it. So I have a nature, I have a, a uh, approach to breath work. I, I love when I get to lay down as a participant still, when other people facilitate, I like to like, you know, kind of compare in a, in a healthy way and, mm -hmm. um, and see what works. Um, so yeah, if someone comes into breath work, it's going to be ceremony. They're going to be invited and welcomed. Um, and, uh, I'm going to be, um, approachable and down to earth. Yeah. And then tell us through the breathing, like how would you describe breath work, the actual act of breathing? How, what does that do for someone? So I always let people know that my style is kind of like a, a workout coach um, or even like a performer who's got a lot of energy. Like I'm going to move a lot. I want people to move prana. Um, and I think that's how we get deeper connected to the cosmos. Um, and when I lay down for other facilitators, I think there's a variety of ways people do breath work facilitating. But for me, it's more... Um, it's cadence. Um, there's a, there's a rhythm to it and, um, it's, it's pushing. I want to push everybody to really move some energy. And then I let people know if that's not for you, you can slow down. You're like totally allowed to do your thing. But yeah, um, my, my approach is let's, let's move some energy. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to this journey that you've been on in terms of spirituality. You know, people that are listening, they were probably brought up with obviously some belief system in their own family's home. Um, a lot of us were brought up in a Christian environment, perhaps, or uh, maybe Jewish. Um, and you have gone through such a transformation, all of these different experiences that I would say is quite unique, quite unusual, because you have, you dove into each one, it sounds like with, you know, head first. If someone is listening and feeling like, okay, I've had some sort of spiritual experience maybe growing up and now I'm 20, 30, 40, 50 years old and I'm kind of feeling like I still, like I, I've got that hunger for, for something bigger than myself, hunger for spirit, hunger for the divine, hunger for the universe. And I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to get that quenched or, or filled in some way. Mm. How would you encourage them? Oh man, such a thoughtful question. Um, that's a good, that's a great question. Um, I think people need to just take some steps in the, in the direction. And, um, you know, uh, you've got to seek it, seek what is seeking you. And there's a lot of opportunity. I mean, nowadays with social media, through Facebook and through Instagram, you can just search something and, and, and you'll find an event that maybe registers with what you're looking for. Um, and then, conversation. Um, you know, something that I really appreciate about David Elliott uh, that taught us um, and what I break down for people is 
One, um, be mindful of your uh, blocks. Where you're blocked, you know, start opening up those spaces. And that can be frightening for some people. So you have to be brave and you have to get through your blocks. Give me um, an example of some blocks that you might be referring to. I think especially someone who is in their 40s and 50s and is now connecting to a rebirth of spirituality, they may have been programmed by family and their um, their inner circle that this is the way we are, you know, potentially, right? And that's a block. Or these are the things that we don't do. This is like the like the unapproved reading list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um, that's 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 sacrilegious or right. those 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 people are um damned to hell. Like I mean that, that this is very extreme, right? It's not that serious. But that's that goes on in some in some people's uh, upbringing and they and they're working through some of that. So that's an idea for me of a block, I believe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um it could be too that I'm too old. Another block is like uh I'm this, I'm that. I don't look like, I don't have. Like these are these are programs. These are the illusion saying, also, we search, if I don't have this, then I'm not doing it right. And like, I think those type of things can be blocks to just surrendering and you're, you're alive. You're, you're walking, you're walking, you get to stand up and take a walk. Like, that's all you really need. Like, um, so that's a great question about how do they do this? Um, I would say, um, be brave and ask and go find some stuff. And if you go find it and an energy happens in you that doesn't feel right, like that can, I see, I feel it for some people too. They even come to breath work and I can tell that like, it maybe didn't, it wasn't turned on for somebody. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's, it's totally fine. You know, the, 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 the thing that's happened to me more is that I don't uh, concern myself that I need to appease everybody as a facilitator. I'm not, I'm not here for that. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable with the, those who really register. I'm here for them. And like, sometimes people come to a breathwork session. They go, Oh my God, I'm gonna be back next week. And it's funny because I have this thought that goes, you might not make it back next week. And that's okay. You know, like we're all just trying to keep on moving forward. And so for those folks who are of a, of a certain age and they're trying to uh, light a fire of spirituality my prayer goes out to you i'm here you know um definitely come through check in with me i'm always available for folks but you just gotta put one foot in front of the other and pivot you know and if mm-hmm. you i mean i had to do that in my life there's a lot of things i wanted to do and i i, I really worked hard at and I, I didn't make it with those things or it just wasn't meant for me um it just so happens that universe uh, God Almighty is allowing me to um, be uh, um, a good source for people to come to breathwork, a, a good safe space. And a lot of people reflect that it's working for them and they thank me for that. And I just, I tell them, you're doing your thing. You showed up for you and I'm just kind of trying to help you along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, that's a, a ma- amazing question. And I just hope everybody who, because everybody who's coming to BTL, everybody who's listening to this, you're, you're so chosen to find your happiness. You're just that you're listening to these conversations, these podcasts, that is special. You need to really smile and light your heart up that um, there's so many people out here who have not figured that out. And you did, you, 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 you tapped into something. I love new people. Last night we had an event and like 20 people, 25 people were like, this is my first time here. And I was like, what the fuck? Yo, yeah. You know, like, and you can see that they're, that something lights up 
Mm -hmm. So what I heard you say is there's got to be a level of intentionality that if there's a, if there's something that is feeling like there's a a yearning or a a thirst, it it can't just sit there. Like if you want to feel, if you want to, if you want to, uh, result, you got to take some sort of action is what I'm hearing you say first. And um, I'm hearing that uh, exploring, obviously, there's a lot of resources online. And um, I also heard you say that if something doesn't resonate, that's okay. Like, keep looking for what does resonate with you. I love those um, three points. Yeah, definitely. Yep, you got to be a proactive. Um, you got to research Mm-hmm. And um, if, yeah, if you, you know, I, I always like, I have a, a quote that I, that people really like. I say, Hey, all the L's are getting you closer to the W's, mm-hmm. you know, take some L's man. And guess what? You'll get to that win and it's going to feel really good. Um, I work with young people and you just see they're scared of failure. And I'm like, you're, first of all, you're a kid. It's a whole, that's called the word learning literally means you got to mess up sometimes to get to the next spot, you know, to sure, get to sure. those. And it's the same principle for older folks who are like trying to have a rebirth or maybe they've been blocked energy in their life. Something's not working for them, even though they might be financially successful, they're just empty. Or even if they're like, um, not that that's not something, but they're really have a loving partner, you know, but the, this other thing's not cracking. You're okay. You're it's all good. You could be so much worse. You know, we have to remember that we have to, um, keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, one of the things about, uh, well, I'll just say myself is I tend to be a little bit more type A driven, trying to, you know, get somewhere, trying to do something, trying to get to an end destination. And when it comes to spirituality, there really is no destination, (laughs) right? There's no, there's no thing like, okay, I've made it. I've done it. I've reached the pinnacle of whatever it is. So it's, it's actually, you know, this whole idea of a, a, a spiritual journey that we're it's on so true right yeah you 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 um I, and that how you can describe that is you might have two amazing vacations in a row you might have 12 amazing days in a row you might have just fell in deep love with this partner and had the most epic connection to somebody but tomorrow's coming man and there's going to be a bad day down the road or what? And like you get done with these amazing vacations and you're like, oh, shit, now it's another Monday. I got to go to work, you know? Oh my God. And it's exactly the same way with like the spiritual findings of like, okay, now I'm, this is the, this place and this thing I'm doing, I'm going to do every day of my life. And it's just not like that, man. So yeah, so true that like, even when you arrive, well, you're probably gonna have to keep, you're gonna have some lows down the way and you have to kind of arrive again and good luck, you know? Yeah. 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 I think about the metaphor of the seasons and that, you know, in life we go through, we don't really have seasons here in Southern California, but I've read about them. I actually, I grew up in Kentucky, so I experienced them for the first 16 years of my life. There are this thing called seasons and we have spring, right? Where everything's growing and it's beautiful and we're learning and we're experiencing this even summer where it's bright and sunny and then comes fall where things begin to fall off the tree. There's a, there's a withering of something. Um, unless the seed falls from the tree and, and dies and goes into the ground, there will be no rebirth. And mm. so the season of winter is that season of a dying, a death. Darkness. Of darkness. Yeah, of yeah. coldness. Mm. And so um, I'm hearing even from your story 
that you went through multiple seasons right over the course of your life where you were introduced to new spiritualities that you know that felt like probably spring and summer and my guess is you experienced right you went through some challenges that are those dark winters those dark nights of the soul um and that seems like something in our consumer culture that i would just want people to be aware of because in more of a consumer culture especially with so many classes and sound baths and breathing and yoga and all of this you know you can just go to all these events over and over again and try to get hyped up and yet in the midst of those challenging times what does it look like to just recognize no i'm in winter yeah i'm in winter right now and it's hard and mm. my yoga practice or my breathing breathwork practice or going to sound baths is helping me in that rebirthing process so that's not the i'm at the pinnacle i'm gonna it's amazing like you just said tomorrow's yeah. coming you don't know what tomorrow is but through the lens of seasons which are just a natural transformation we all go through them right yeah and you're bringing up when you described all that about like there's so many opportunities here there this that um you know something that uh is coming up for me in all of this and um you know, I hope everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody should really check in with this is that it's super important that we're not seeking it externally. You know, we're, we're I need to go here and that person has what I, the real truth is being alone and being happy inside. Uh, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a critical part of all of it. Yes. Go to these places, connect with these people, seek what you need to feel good. If you're in a spiritual revolution, if you're trying to find something more in your life, get all of that. Go for it. You want to do combo. You want to do ayahuasca. Hey, run it. But guess what? At the end of the day, no matter what, the most important way to find some peace is inside self-love and letting that glow and, and, and feel really good no matter where you are, what you look like, what mm -hmm. circumstances you're going through. It's so important that we um, are able to be at peace. And a lot of it is being alone, sitting still, resting and not being like you said, type A and I've got to I've got to push. And I'm like that, too. I'm a push. I, I, well, I've learned now. Um, and I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to the universe that everything that now when it's downtime for me. I'm okay to be quiet and alone and rest and uh, shout out my partner, Carrie, because she's really good about pointing that out and helping me um, learn that about myself is that like I can be alone and, and have nothing to do and not feel anxiety about it or not feel concerned. Rest is gold, you know, mm. chill and mm. sit still and really feel that deep inside. It's a big part of all the busyness. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Zaire, thank you so much for just sharing just the breadth of your journey and the wisdom that comes along with that. Um, you obviously lead uh, currently on Monday night, 730, uh, connect to the cosmos through breathwork at Behind the Lids. And people can learn more about that by just going to BehindTheLids.com. If people want to connect with you online or on social media, what would be the best way for them to follow and reach out to you? Oh, excellent. Um, one way that's super easy is ZaireBlack.com. It's my website. Um, and there's the music part of me and the breathwork information. And then obviously I'm super active on IG. I love Instagram. Uh, sometimes I have to take breaks, um, which I uh, really, really struggle with. That's good. I'm going to be transparent with y'all. Um, <laughs> but on, on IG, uh, it's Zaire Black, 
z-a-i-r-e-b-l-a-c-k.focus. That's Z-A-I-R-E-B-L-A-C-K dot F-O-C-U-S. Awesome. And we'll have that in the show notes. So if you're listening on your phone, you can swipe up now and see those links to ZaireBlack.com as well as to Zaire's Instagram account. So Zaire, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Till next time, brother. Much love. All right. <laughs> much love. Hey, everybody out there. I love you. Take care of yourself. Uh, keep showing up for Behind the Lids culture. We're here for you. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today and we invite you to share this episode with someone who would enjoy it as well. Take a screenshot, text it to them, and tell them to check out BehindTheLidsPodcast.com. Also, we encourage you to rate and review the show on the podcast platform where you are listening. We'll see you next time, Behind the Lids.